Hello, Joseph here, and I just wanted to take a quick moment before the show. This program is supported by Coffee Lovers Magazine and Conduit Coffee. If you're enjoying the show, check out the magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and grab some amazing coffee at conduitcoffee.com. This week, I would also like to share with you the Craft Coffee Institute with the man behind the scenes there and lead instructor, Andrew Russo. If you have any desire to dig deeper and really learn about coffee, this is the place to go. With their innovative live online training courses, you get the benefit of one-on-one in-person instruction from the comfort of your own home. Check them out at craftcoffeeinstitute.com. This week on the show, we are exploring the idea of bitterness in coffee and what you can do if your coffee seems too bitter. Welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. I'm your host, Joseph Robertson with Coffee Lovers Magazine. We're at Conduit again. It's like one, two, three, four, five weeks later, or maybe just five minutes. I'm here with Jesse Nelson. I'm here still. And Sean is still here. Hello. And fake John is still not here. Hey. And we're just going to jump right into it today. What do I do, Sean? If I'm brewing my coffee at home, I'm brewing my coffee at home every day, and uh, it's just too bitter for me. What do I do? Um, I don't know what to do. That That's a really good question. Uh, whenever I work the line at my work, uh, I sell retail bags of coffee, and I do occasionally get customers coming back, and they'll say something that's really common for a lot of baristas out there is, you guys make my coffee so much better than I do. Um, what can I do to change that? And... That's kind of a tricky question because mm. I'm not at their house <laughs> and I I don't know mm. what techniques they're employing or if they're trying to go with a set standard uh, methodology of making their coffee. There are so many elements that go into right, it. And right. there's perception as well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, just going off the bitter concept, what is bitter in I, the first place? I think, I, and I think that is a very good question to start the whole dialogue on is how do you define bitter? Um, when I train baristas, I don't have them concentrate on what we're trying to taste out of the coffee or to define the flavor coming out of coffee. There is a, an old chart of flavor where it separates the tongue by bitter, salt, sour, and sweet. Mm. We've recently discovered that this this type of thinking about the tongue is a little outdated. To an extent, it is. But what they've found, what they've recently found is that the tongue measures by density. Uh-huh. And these regions and zones isn't necessarily the tongue, but they're psychological filters that the brain has developed in our development to actually identify the things that we ingest. When you look at... For example, poisons. The majority of poisons that do have a flavor for us are all coincides with the bitter range of the flavor profile. It is a gag reflex when we come across these things with a high enough concentration. It's a survival instinct that's tied into us. What do we thrive on? What do we get our energy off of as human beings, carbohydrates and sugars, glucose? We psychologically have a filter to identify what is sweet. We know, we know what sweet is. Um, and going back to the density of that, 
When you're looking at coffee, coffee is comprised of solids that produce bitter notes, salt notes, sour notes, and sweet notes. And depending on the density of these traits, the highest concentration of those densities is what our brain is going to attach itself to and identify first, because that's just how our brain works when it's tasting things. Uh, a really good trick to do, like if you're doing a home pour over and your brew comes out really dark and bitter, add more water to it after the fact. If this dissolution actually breaks apart those solids that your brain's picking up is bitter and it, uh, it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dilute? Oh, yes, dilutes. Thank you. I sucked at seventh grade science. <laughs> so if it dilutes those solids far enough, it will actually open up, the brain will start picking up the other flavors that are already in that coffee. Hmm. And it's not necessarily fixing the coffee, but it's telling you that whatever you are doing, it's requiring more water in your extraction, for example. Um, to some extent, we've been doing experiments at my store with espresso with this very same concept. It does taste bitter. It does taste dark. Did it get? Did we get all the material that we wanted out of that espresso? Did it just need more water? We'll just modulate it. We'll just add a little more water to it and taste it. If it looks like the flavor is actually opening up because of adding that extra water, we know we're on the right track. So that hmm. just tells me that I just have to stretch the shot out a little longer. Yeah. So, uh, so let's say I'm at home and I've made my brew and it's too bitter, it's dark, it's bitter, mm -hmm. whatever. I add some water to it and the bitterness starts to subside. What do I do the next time I brew? Uh, probably just continue on adding a little more water. Just play around with the numbers that you're playing. This is why numbers are so important for coffee professionals. We're trying to create a consistency to what we do. Mm -hmm. We use the same amount of coffee. We use the same amount of water. We're trying to apply the same types of techniques right. from the water temperature to the timing of when we introduce the water, how long we let that uh, water set and settle, right. when we start the agitation. So if it's for like an auto drip machine at home, I mean, maybe add a little bit more water or a little less yeah. coffee perhaps, depending on if yeah, the, exactly. the it's little reservoir things, is full or it's not. little things like that. Um, if you have a finer grinder that can handle more grind mm -hmm. variations, like some of the Baratzas versus, right. you know, pre-ground coffee, mm -hmm. you know, you have some flexibility to change your grind size in there to... To, right, you Absolutely. know, help that flow rate, you Absolutely. know, either speed it up or slow it down. Sometimes that leads to the second part of adding water to see, uh, I'll pull an espresso shot and it came out really bitter and I added a little water to it. And then when I tasted it, I didn't pick up any real change. It still tasted bitter. And so what that tells me is that it was an incomplete extraction. Yeah, so this is where coffee is just a little fickle because that, that's mostly due to particle size. Uh, right. The particle size is off. It means that all the solids that I want to get out of the coffee aren't getting out of the coffee. And so now I know how to, I have to adjust my grind. Right. But, but yeah, so it kind of, it it, ultimately, making good coffee is time, patience, exposure, and a lot of experimentation. Right. Yeah, acknowledging that it's bitter is a real yeah. good step, or, right. or finding a flavor that you love that you kind of can picture where that came from in the brew. Right. Well, revisiting the the perception of bitter as well. Uh, right. Right. Coffee will always, coffee is always bitter. Right. Uh, but there, there certainly is a level where you just get used to it. Or I don't know. I, most of the coffee I drink that's good coffee that's prepared well, I don't acknowledge as bitter. 
Although if I step back and and I thought about it, I'd probably oh yeah, I guess right. Yeah, there's bitterness. It's a big context of food. Coffee's pretty bitter. Yeah. Right. I had an interesting conversation with Sebastian uh, a couple years ago now. He was in the he was in one of the issues. We got all philosophical on uh, on coffee and bitterness was one of the things. Um, mainly the reason why so many people jump on the milk and sugar and coffee train when they when they get into it is because, as you were saying, fat and sugar is is natural oh, it's for delicious. us. To taste. Well, it's delicious, yeah, but it's like it's <laughs> right. natural and bitter is unnatural. Oh yeah, like the body naturally. Right. So, I think. Um, yeah, the first step in, in, in trying to solve your, your coffee too bitter problem right. is to figure out is it actually. Right. But and I what, don't know what, if we can what <laughs> is bitter. adjust with that. There's also, right. I think, I find people say, identify something as bitter that I personally think is, is caused by um, like burnt coffee. Like a dark roast that's burnt that it, has that ashy carbon. No, right, absolutely. there is. Yeah, there, there's definitely there's flavors. There's something to be said about yeah. that too. I remember it was a little while back. A uh, good friend of ours, Akash Sani. Uh, oh really gosh! Wonderful, wonderful <laughs> barista right now, and quite a name in our industry. Um, he's competed in particular. He's uh, attended major competitions over uh, pour over methodologies in coffee and i remember he worked at visions uh for a while and i would go down and visit him and have a cup of coffee with him and it was this really wonderful experiment where he took a name brand dark roasted coffee which we will leave the name brand out of this saying but this name particular name brand was really well known for its dark roasts mm-hmm. and that's just and it was the methodology that they had adopted They're, they had been around for quite a while and they hadn't really changed from that akash was doing these experiments that actually tied into what we were talking about about the concentration of bitterness in a solution and our industry standards that we play around with with most pour overs is a 16 or 17 to 1 ratio as a good start um, that's a 16 or 17 parts water to one right, part coffee. Right, yeah. by part. weight. By, by weight. weight. Um, what he was finding with really dark roasted coffees was a 20 to 1 ratio. And by diluting right. the solution that far, it actually made for a fairly pleasant cup of coffee. Well, because there's nothing the, exciting by any means. Well, but, dark roast equalizes things, and a lot of you know there aren't as many pointy aspects of the coffee right. when it comes to flavors. Um, but it's because it, you know darker roasted coffees are more soluble. Right. You know, so that's why often espresso darker espressos have a coarser grind than lighter espressos. But what we were finding was that this coffee was actually quite manageable. It wasn't exciting by any means, uh, but they were able to get a very baseline. At 20 to 1, mm-hmm. we were picking up a baseline chocolate, a little bit of cream, and, you know, still a decent body to it. Right. I mean, and, and it really does make that much of a difference. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean when you have 20 grams of, of coffee going in, light rose versus a dark rose, you're going to have significantly more water going into that oh, final yeah, product. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you'll go from 340 to about 400. Right. But it really just math. kind of goes to show you the range that mm-hmm. coffee has. You 
know, in the grand scheme. Well, and as a consumer, so if your cup just doesn't taste quite right, you go to you go to your shop, Sean, and you buy something new. You're like, man, that that you know, Kenyan or whatever on right. bar tastes amazing. I'm gonna buy a bag of that. You right. know, I'm going for my regular grocery store. Right. You know. Name brand coffee or whatever, pre-ground coffee. I'm going to buy this. I take your word for it because obviously it's the same coffee you guys are brewing here right. so well. I take it home and it's totally a different experience right. than what they're expecting. You know, and so a, a lot of my customers are surprised when the first question I ask is, "What equipment are you using to make right. your coffee?" So, but as a consumer, you need to know that different coffees are going to have this different play. Right. And so, if right. you taste something that tastes bitter or tastes off, you know, it's okay to right. play with those ratios. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, generally what we do at our work is that we will write down our own recipes that we use and just send them off. Just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we got a lion out the door. We're not going to talk someone's ear off or give them a full on workshop. They can always come over to the roastery for right. that. But what we do do is sometimes we will give them a small recipe to follow you know, at their leisure at mm-hmm. home. And then we're always like, you know, come back with your results. Just tell us how it was. Right. And where, if you want to make a better cup of coffee, you know, I, I'm your barista. Right. I got your back. You know, this is what I do. Baristas generally really like talking about their. Oh, we just love it. Their methods. Mm-hmm. You know, these just, specialty just, shops like this, like they love. They just, love when people ask what their recipe love, is. We just love. I got it. my Aeropress recipe from Mosca. Nice. Right. Just went over there and I was like, "Can you show me what you do?" Yeah. And yeah. That's what I do now. Well, and I've even taken you know some recipes from other cafes and stuff, and you incorporate that into what's working. You know, with right. coffee that you respect and baristas Absolutely. that you respect, and start there. Um, I know that we we a lot of websites for brew instructions, brew guides, and things like that. Yeah. They'll have this discussion. Uh, there's brewguides.com. Brewguides.com. Um, I know Conduit ourselves. We have little brew guides on our website. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of has some pointers on that sort of right. stuff. Um, there's, yeah, when uh, it comes to the internet, there's I love, just I need a coffee. whole com. wealth of information on different brew recipes. And I encourage a lot of home brewers, just go online, grab one, like just try one out for a week and then switch it up. Mm-hmm. Every week, just try a different recipe. You know? um, it's kind of like baking. You see something and just right. you want to change that it's application. All, right. It's all, it's all the culinary experience. Mm-hmm. You know? Just ah, flavor. I love it. I love it. I love mm-hmm. flavor. I love everything about it. <laughs> Unless I don't like the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> why why you got to be so bitter? Right. Yeah, when um, my coffee's bitter, the first thing I do is ask, what's wrong? How was your day? <laughs> Just give it a kiss. Give it a kiss. <laughs> give it a bloom. Right. When I do a pour over, I keep it low and slow because I figure for a coffee, that's like a back massage. I'm like, just relax, buddy. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think um, sometimes as well, if if you have a cup that um, doesn't taste quite right, uh, it might behoove you to wait a few minutes. Yeah, I don't uh, know if that applies to like bitter. Just to let it cool but down just let and it cool and see what happens. That's yeah, true. Uh, it needs a moment. It yeah. needs a moment. Yep. Well, we always say this. You know, a good cup of coffee should be about a thirty-minute experience of when you get that cup and the brewing and. Mm-hmm. Tasting those flavors as they change. Sort of. Do you always say that? Always. Because I've never heard you say that. Really? I say it all the time. <laughs> it's like the tenth time today. Wait. I know. I know someone who does say that all the time. Me? No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. It's true. No, it's not. Yeah. I don't say that. I, I don't just say that. mimic what you say. All right. Oh. All right. I, I, I um, <laughs> good to know. When my coffee's bitter, I ask how it's doing. 
You're absolutely right about a good cup of coffee should be a half yeah. hour of pleasure. Right, because that coffee changes and it yeah. goes through phases and stuff like that. So. And, you know, like what we did in the last episode about the bloom, you know, knowing that there's something different going on and maybe making a little adjustments, it's, mm. it's makes a huge difference and it's fun. I remember back it's in the day success. I would make myself a pour over, you know, when I was more, a little, you know, I'm older now, so, but, you know, when I was a little more gung-ho in coffee and I could withstand that amount of caffeine, no problem, <laughs> I would make myself a pour over and set up a timer and I would have a little log book and every two minutes I would just take a sip and then I would just write write what I was tasting hmm. and um, sometimes it would go down to the point where it, that coffee was almost stone cold you know like I would just take my time with it you know minute, minute or two hmm. two three mm-hmm. minutes sometimes just try and really map out right. what was happening right. what flavors were developing out of the coffee uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, 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 one of my favorite coffees that Jesse uh, roasted up was uh, the Ethiopian tabletop. That coffee in particular, I remember letting it go stone cold, and I was getting like sweet, vibrant, berry-like pucker. I left one in AeroPress without yeah. pressing down for like an hour and a half, and then pressed it. And it was wonderful. Right. I, I love But see, that's the thing about those kind of coffees, and those, especially naturals, and oh, those yeah. high-altitude naturals. Like, they, they, they taste so good. There's so much complexity that as that cup cools. I mean, there's oh, this, yeah. this yeah. one coffee that Jesse roasted. That was from Yemen. Oh, I've heard of that coffee. Yeah. That, that coffee was just a magical story mm. that was real. <laughs> yes. It's real magic. Real, real magic. magic. Um, Just saying something. I don't believe in magic, but then I tasted that coffee and I was like, "Magic does exist." Oh man! Oh man! It comes in the form of a pit. <laughs> Damn coffee pits. Uh, <laughs> that bean juice. <laughs> I love. I want to end it right there. That bean juice. That bean juice. No, I- Fruit. I wanted droop to fruit. Yeah, the, the droop fruit oh, juice. Droop fruit. Droop fruit juice. Droop fruit and pits. <laughs> Coffee pits. Um, so if you like the new format of of you know us answering questions uh, that I are s- helpful, hopefully we yeah. should also that you can take, take open action it up. With. If anybody has questions out there, they should send them in. That we might have been try what I was about them. to say. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they should send them in. We encourage our listeners, to, if you have any questions about coffee, feel free to email Joseph, mm. and we will go over them. And if we know the answer, we will share that information with you. And if we don't know that answer, we will find out, and we will share that information and learn it together with you. Or we will bring someone on who has the answer. We really want to encourage more interactions. Uh, so, Joseph at coffeeloversmag.com. Uh, or sign up to the Coffee Lovers Radio email list mm-hmm. and respond to any of those emails that I send you. Yep. We can take this more seriously, too, if people want us to. I'll even answer their first uh, no, question right now. Yes, yes, I am single. <laughs> <laughs> Thank right. you, fake John. <laughs> <laughs>